we're starting a, I might call it a new cycle, but we've come to the end of the halakha that we were learning before, I won't tell you before what, before we last broke up for the shir. So now we're starting a new cycle. I'd like to discuss the, back to Hilfah Shabbos, the area of Hilfah Shabbos, which is perhaps the most controversial halakha of Hilfah Shabbos in Gold is green, and we shall try and keep away from controversy. And that's the halachas of hisar, of carrying in a public domain or in a private domain, etc., and all the different angles that hisar has to it. Um, hisar is a very, very difficult halachas to learn, not that any other of the Shabbos is any easier. It's difficult because it's, it's very, very narrow, and there's, there's so many different angles to it. There's the derises, and there's the drabonons, there's certain things which will look the same, Two different, two, two different people can be doing exactly the same thing, and one can be 100% Muslim, one can be, be, can be doing a malacha deraisa. So the, it's, it's a very difficult halacha, so we'll try and break them down as simply as we can. In today's share, we will discuss mainly the different domains that, that we have in Hilfah Shabbos. We won't go so much into practical halacha, so you won't be coming out of here today knowing whether you are allowed to carry or not allowed to carry in, in the, uh, in the streets and Shabbos. But you will have a, a little bit of an understanding of what's called Rishus Arabi and what's called Rishus Ayochid what's called a, a caramelist, and what's called a mocking and we'll discuss all those at length. Before we start, just by way of uh, opening to the halachas of Hilchus Hitzor, Hilchus Hitzor, Melechus Hitzor, which is one of the malachas, of the Lamatet malachas of Shabbos, is strange in the sense that Masech the Shabbos, Gemara Masech the Shabbos, starts with Melechus Hitzor, even though in the list of the Lamatet malachas it's the last of the Lamatet malachas. But yet, Masech the Shabbos starts with Malach HaSitzor. There's probably more prokim and discussion in Masech the Shabbos and other Masech on Hilchus HaSitzor far more than any other the Lamatech Malachas. And it's, again, the only Malacha that's alluded to in the Torah besides the Malacha of burning a Shabbos, Havorah, which the Chazal tell us why the Torah discusses it. But the only Malacha which is discussed, which is alluded to, it's not 100% clearly discussed in the Torah, but it's alluded to in the Torah, in the Apostle of Al-Yetzi Ishmael Koymei, where Rashi says, Chazal say, that means, from here we learn, as a remez to, one mustn't carry in the, in, in the wrong domains on Shabbos. So what Malacha says, be it, it's complicated, it's also interesting in the fact that Chazal spent enormous amount of time discussing it, and it's the only one which is alluded to in the Torah. There's one other angle, which I think is important for us to mention before we start, is that there's a, a uh, a bunch of sukkim in Yemia, in, in Nach, in Yemia, which describes at length that the, one of the reasons for the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash, which is about to happen, says Yemia, is the fact that people were carrying on Shabbos. So the idea of carrying, I'll read them out to you just by way of introduction. The carrying on Shabbos is a very serious, seemingly very serious issue, and for, we will perhaps discuss it very briefly at the end of this year when we discuss the 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 Vatay and the Sedra. We'll just for few moments to discuss why it is such a, a, a serious malacha, and, and we spent a long time, anybody who's, who, who, who was around on Shabbos afternoon before Slichas, I don't know if any of you were there, we discussed it at length on the three Slichas shir, um just prior to the past Rosh Hashanah. But let me read you out these for a second because they're extremely interesting. Kayam Hashem says, Yimya Novi says that is, Kayam Hashem, Hisham Rebun guard your souls. Do not carry a burden on Shabbos. Bringing it to the gates of Yerushalayim. You shouldn't bring out a burden, a matter, 
Mibatechem from your homes, we have you mustn't do any malacha. And then he carries on, and we'll miss out a few psukim. And he says, If you will listen to me, and you won't carry in the, at the gates of this city, and you will make the day of Shabbos holy, not to do any other malacha. And then he gives a whole list of brachas that Tzadishor will receive. And he carries on at the end. But if you do not listen to me, the Kaddish Hashem HaShabbos, or the Viltis Eis Masa, and not to carry a burden, and you will come into the gates of Yishalayim carrying on the day of Shabbos, and I will kindle a light in, your, in its gate, and the Literally, the powers of Yishalayim will be, will be consumed, and it will not be put out. So we see very clearly that, the, again, the only malacha which is specifically mentioned in Yom Yom when he's describing how the Yishalayim will be destroyed, if one doesn't keep Shabbos, is the malacha of Itzor. So Itzor, be it complicated, it's quite clear, it's extremely important, and therefore necessary for us to spend a bit of time, and we'll have to spend quite a bit of time to try and get it all cleared. As all Lamates Malachas are derived from the Malachas HaMishkon, we have to understand where in the Mishkon was Malachas Yitzah. Where in the Mishkon did we find Malachas Yitzah? And here Chazal tell us an extremely interesting historical note, that the Mishkon was built, as we know, with Krashim, with big beams. The beams were enormously long. The, the exact size of them is irrelevant here, but they were very long. And when it came to a time when the Mishkon had to be dismantled, and Kalas were moving on onto the next journey before they settled the next settlement, those Kroshim were taken down and they were passed onto special wagons, very large wagons, and then from that wagon onto the next wagon. And that way they would pile them onto the wagon until the wagon was full and then take the Kroshim down and pile the next wagon. And Chazal teach us that the Midbar was considered one domain. And we will discuss all the different domains of Ezra in, in, in the process of the ship. The wagon is considered a separate domain and the next wagon is considered another domain in its own right. So we end up here having, when they took the, the keres, the beam down from the walls of the Mishkan, and moved it onto the first wagon, we have a situation where you are moving the keres from one domain to another domain, and then when you moved it on from that wagon onto the next wagon, they moved it from a second domain into a third domain. What those domains are, are discussed in the Gemara, and we will discuss them as we move on. But that's really the source in the Mishkan where we find Melechus because otherwise, where the, in, the, in the encampment where Klai Yisrael were, was, it's not really possible to have Hitzah, because everything was a private domain. But when, when was it not a private uh, domain? It was when we, they had already packed up to go, and they were, bringing, they were breaking down the Mishkan put, to, to put it on these wagons to be able to travel onto the next encampment. Then you ended up taking the carriage from one domain, moving into another domain, and then passing it over to a third domain. And that's the source of the description, at least, of the Melechus Hitzah in the Mishkan. In the past, Malachas Hitzah was an extremely difficult malacha to avoid. Um, we've discussed this with, with regards to Malachas Bishel, but if one, one casts, casts oneself back a couple of hundred years in, in the home, when nobody had the modern mess oven, etc., the only way to heat up the cholent to keep the food hot for Shabbos morning, as we discussed, was they used to take the cholent to the public, the, the town's bakery, and they would leave it in the bakery's oven, and the next morning they would come, and the heat of the oven would remain hot. The oven would remain hot, even though it wasn't, it wasn't burning, it would remain hot from the next day, and they would come and pick up their food the next day and bring it home for Shabbos. So, to 
enable themselves to have a proper Shabbos meal, it was extremely difficult without transgressing, in the verse of Thomas, the Malacha of Hitzor. And many, many truths have been written. How can one get that Talmud back from the home, from the bakery to the homes without transgressing Malacha Hitzor? Come on, use a child. Is it better? Uh, is there no Hitzor with a child? Because at the end of the day, the child doesn't understand what he's doing. Or do we say that's irrelevant? He is still carrying from one Ashus to another, etc. A lot of ink has been spent on, on this Shaila. So Malacha Hitzor in the past was an extremely difficult Halacha to keep. And therefore, Erevin, as we know, to, to make an Erevin a town, to allow people to carry, is written in a lot of the Swarim, brings Shalom. I know uh, recent history doesn't seem to prove that, but why does it bring Shalom? Because it enables a person to have a proper Shabbos meal, enables them to have proper simple Shabbos without having to eat cold food. Now, can you imagine if every Shabbos morning you, you had to come home from shul, or your husband came over shul, and all you could offer them was cold Shalom, it wouldn't go down very well. So Erevin definitely created Shalom in the home and in the town. Even in present day, where we have all mod cons and we have ovens and none of us have really the trouble of having cold challenge on Shabbos morning, but not to carry is also becoming an issue in our own small little psychic world. Um, young mothers with children find themselves confined to the home on Shabbos and they find that very difficult. Uh, elderly people who need to, need, to, need to have a stick or a frame or whatever to help them go out of the house on Shabbos find themselves confined to the home on Shabbos because sometimes, luckily, they're not allowed to carry the stick in the street. Sometimes they are. So, to say that, let's just be machmeh and ignore Melechah Sitzah and just carry on like with all other Melechahs is very difficult. Because it really, Melechah Sitzah gets right away down to the very bones of our Shabbos. And it really can be a huge disturbance to anybody who feels confined to the home. So, therefore, we really need to know the halachas properly because there's a lot of areas where perhaps one might think it's also and it might be mutter. And the, true, the same is true the other way around. There are many areas where you might think is mutter, which I'm afraid might be awesome. It's so simple to, to just as a simple example, uh, uh, using again an, old, an elderly person with a stick, you will find many times there are elderly people who will go out to Shabbos with a stick, and you will find many times an elderly person who is not allowed to go out to Shabbos with a stick. And believe it or not, they actually ask the same role. So, you can have two people which to the non-perceptive eye looks almost an identical case. Two elderly people both find it difficult to walk without a stick. One, the Rav will say to him, you are allowed to have a stick in Shabbos and you can happily walk to the shul in Shabbos. And one, the same Rav, not somebody who, trusts, who, who, who relies on the area, will say to him, I'm very sorry, but you can't, have, have, you can't walk with a stick in Shabbos. So the, all these little areas are very complicated. They're very minute detail which can make such a big difference to one person he's doing a malacha deraisa, and for another person, he, he's 100% mutter. So that's why the fineness of malacha is, is is quite difficult, and we will take our time, and Be'ez Hashem, try and get through as slowly as we can. The malacha of saw again, to the, the unlearned perception is that one mustn't carry in one's hand. Simple carrying means that you pick something up in your hand, and you carry, and that's how one perceives the the Malach of Yitzhah is do not carry from one domain to the other as we will progress with Hashem will discuss the domains. But that's untrue. Carrying is only one of the methods of transgressing the Malach of Yitzhah. You can push a buggy in the street and you'll be over Malach of Yitzhah. You can drag something in the street or you can uh, throw something. You could kick a ball in the street. All those different actions can be Malach of Yitzhah of Yitzhah if it's done in the wrong form, in the wrong form, in the wrong rishos, etc., or from one rishos to the other, you can be transgressing a malacha the right of itzah. So, though itzah, in simple terms, means to carry, but the way the 
books translated or the Swarm translated doesn't actually mean to, to, to carry it means to transfer so Malachas Yisrael means to transfer an article from one place to another place be it within one Rishos or be it from one Rishos to another Rishos from one domain to a second domain all those cases as we will discuss are considered Malachas Yisrael Malachas Yisrael must be done as we will discuss at length in the coming Shurim in the manner that it's normally done otherwise we consider it Kilafiyad and sometimes kicking something will be considered Kilafiyad an unusual, an unusual way and sometimes kicking can be considered the normal way so again you see you can be doing exactly the same action almost identical in one case you'll be only Kilafiyad and in another case it will be a Malachas Yisrael because there's no heta to kick in the street on Shabbos so when, it's called, when is it called Kilafiyad when is it not called Kilafiyad we will Ezra Hashem go through all the different cases in due course Having something fixed to your clothing, wearing a brooch, for instance, is something fixed to your clothing, or perhaps even sewn into your clothing, for instance, a loose button, sometimes can be considered proper carrying, and sometimes will be considered something which is not, not called carrying at all. So again, you can have the same article, same situation, in some situations it will be considered carrying, in some it will be considered 100% not So all these areas are just a, a small examples of the difficulty with Malachi Sikhsoff. In the description of the Malacha, Hitzah is fundamentally different to all the other Malachas of the Lamates Malachas. In every other Lamates Malacha, let's start with Harisha, plowing. Every other one of the Malachas, you will find that the Malacha is to change the actual article that you're doing the Malacha with. So for instance, let's talk about plowing just for a moment. When you plow a ground, what you're doing is you're loosening the earth, which will enable it to be to, uh, to receive a seed and to be able to plant a seed in it. So you're changing the very makeup of the article. Or if you plant, you're taking a seed and you're putting it in a situation where it now can change itself and grow into whatever it's going to grow into. So go through any malacha, cooking. What you're doing, you're taking the raw food and you're changing the very article. Every single one of the malachas of Shabbos are, involves a change to the actual article. Sowing, you're changing. Tearing, you're changing. So all the malachas are a change in the article. Malachas saw you're doing absolutely nothing to the article. The article remains exactly the same article as it was before you carried it when, to after you carried it. And what you are changing it is position. And therefore Chazal call Malachas saw a Malacha Gerua, a weaker Malacha. It's a, a weaker Malacha in the sense it's a strange Malacha. In fact, you can pick up something and put it down in one domain and do absolutely nothing wrong. You then cross a very thin line Right? The border of your domain to, 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 an, to another domain, and you've transgressed the Malachi Bixor. So you've done identical action. You pick something up and you put it down, and in one case you've done absolutely nothing wrong, in another case you have, because in one, in one case you've changed its positioning, and in one case you haven't changed its positioning. So the Chazal call it the Malachi Guru, meaning it's a very fine Malachi and a difficult Malachi to analyze properly. Included in the Malachi Bixor is, of course, as we're well aware, is all the halachas of Erevin. We won't go through the halachas of Erevin because they are extremely complicated. But we will, as Hashem, bring out just a little bit so you should understand the background to the controversy around Erevin. We won't take sides because the sides have been taken already for us. But we will give you a little bit of understanding. At least you won't be in the dark and you'll know a little bit what we are referring to when we say the Erevin is yes an Erevin but when we say the Erevin is not an has two parts to it. The Malach of Yitzhah has two parts to it. One has to analyze all the different domains that we have in Hilchus Yitzhah and Malach of Yitzhah. And we have to analyze what is called an action of a Hilchus 
There are two parts to it, and we're going to split those two. So in today's shear, we're going to focus on describing the domains. And in the coming shear, we will focus on describing what the action of his is. Each one has their own halachas, and each one is separate from each other. But, Malachitah has to have a combination of those two factors. An action of Ahisah, and Ma'isah an action which entails its own details, and it's got to, it's got to be a change of positioning from, from one domain to another domain. So we'll run through the different domains that we have in, in, in Halacha, and then we'll describe each one in its details. Chazal tell us that we have four domains in Hilchah Suitzah. We have what's called the Rosh Hashanah, a public domain. A public domain has got nothing to do with who owns the domain, who is the owner of this area that's irrelevant. It can be privately owned, publicly owned, and you can have a privately owned public domain. You then have a Rishush Hayakir, which is a private domain. Again, a private domain doesn't mean it's owned by a private person. It could be owned, it could, be belong, it could, it could belong to the council, it could belong to the government, it could belong to the city, it could be owned by the public. But it's considered a private domain because it has all the structure and the ingredients that a private domain needs. As we will discuss as we go on. We have a third Rishush, a third domain which we find in Chazal, which is known as a Karmelist. I don't know the English translation of the Karmelist, but we're going to call it a Karmelist. A Karmelist is, as we will, discuss, we will explain, not a Rishus Rabim, not a public domain, and it's not a private domain either. So we'll discuss that at length with Hashem. Then we have a fourth domain, which is very little known about, and that's called the Mokim Patol. And that's really a permitted domain, which is non... It's not really a domain at all, and we call it a Mokim Patol. And we'll go through with Hashem, each one, and we'll try and explain. What is a Rishus Rabim? What is a public domain? A public domain, and this is where the controversy with Avery starts, and we'll just touch on it, and maybe if we get time at the end of the year, we'll, we'll elaborate a little bit more. A public domain is an open space. It has to be an open space, a wide-ish open space, which is frequently used by the public. Now, what's called a wide open space, frequently used by the public, is an enormous controversy in the Gemara. Enormous controversy in the Gemara. In, in Yerushalayim. The Gemara tells us that Yerushalayim of old, Yerushalayim of old, had it not had gates at either end, Yerushalayim was built in a very strange shape, says Chazal, the Gemara tells us, and it had a long road going right through the middle of it, from one end of Yerushalayim to the other, and they had gates at either end. Says the Gemara, had it not had those gates, then Yerushalayim would have been, that, that central road would have been a Rishus Harabim, the right. A Rishus Harabim is a domain which the Torah describes as, a, 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 as what we would call a, a domain min HaTorah, Rishus min HaTorah. It is a public thoroughfare. It's a public thoroughfare. Is the Machlechus, why would Jerusalem be considered a public thoroughfare? Is it just because it's a wide street, which can be accessed by the public? A wide street meaning it has 16 numbers across, which isn't very wide. And if that's the only criteria in describing a public domain, then most of our streets around Golders Green and elsewhere would be considered a public domain too, because most of our streets are more than 16 numbers wide. Or do you have to have a specific number of people who passed through that street. And that is, again, a big machlekes. Some Rishonim say, yes, 60 numbers is not enough. You have to have 600,000 people passing through that street. Now, again, the controversy spreads from there. It is almost impossible to find a street anywhere in the world which has 600,000 people passing through it on a daily basis. 
600,000 people is an enormous amount of people. The most busiest road in, in, in New York will probably have 200,000 people passing through it on a daily basis. Impossible, almost impossible to have 600,000 people. There is one shit in the Rishonim, but the Mishnah Brewer discards that shit. And he said, you cannot say that the criteria for a Rishon is 600,000 people in one day. There is such a shit, but it's not taken on Lahalacha. Most of the Paskim, and most of the Rishonim will say that a road that is, can be accessed by 600,000 people, meaning that it's in a vicinity where there's 600,000 people around it, and 600,000 people will access that road to go from one place to another, that road is considered a Rishus Arabim If we want to talk about the area that we live in here, that is part of the controversy around the North Circular. The North Circular is a road that if you spread around London, you will find that it's definitely 600,000 people living in London. There's 600,000 people who can access very easily the North Circular. So exactly how you, how you define 600,000 people and how you define them accessing a single road is enormous controversy. And that's really the basis to the controversy around the area of it. Because an area cannot become an area if there is a Rosh Hashanah in the rest of there. An area cannot be an area in a Rosh Hashanah in the rest of so the vote of contention is, how do you define, how do you describe Rishos Rabin Daraisa, and if you consider any street Rishos Rabin Daraisa, then the area is If you say it's not Rishos Rabin Daraisa, then the area is perfect, and you can carry shops. And that is really the vote of contention. Again, we're not here to, do, to go through the whole complications of why some will say it is and some will say it isn't, but that is the basic, very basic background to the controversy of an area. So that is Rishos Rabin. Rishos Rabin is a public domain. The public domain must be a domain which is not surrounded by mechitzas, it's not surrounded by walls, it's open, it's a wide open space, and it's accessed by the public, be it 60 numbers wide or accessed by 600,000 people, that will render it into a public domain. <coughs> a public domain doesn't have to be a street. A public square, where if you would have a town which had many streets coming off it, and it had a public marketplace, and that marketplace was frequented by 600,000 people, or accessed by 600,000 people, that public square would be considered a Rishus So, it doesn't have to be a road which I'm travelling on, but any open area which is accessed by the public, numbers, depending on which city you are following, is considered a Rishus The halacha of Rishus is as follows. Rishus Rabin, min does not allow you to carry from the domain of Rishos Rabim into a domain of Rishos Hayochid. So if somebody would carry from Rishos Rabim into Rishos Hayochid intentionally, he would be Chayef Skila. If it was done by mistake, he would have to bring the Chapa. Carrying from Rishos Rabim to Rishos Hayochid would be a Malachah Deraisa. The other Rishios, how that affects Rishos Rabim, we'll discuss, we'll discuss when we get there. Same as vice versa, if you took from Rishos Hayochid to Rishos Rabim, you would be transgressing the Malachah of Yitzhak in Atayah. And that is how the first Mishnah in Masech the Shabbos starts. Melechah Tzitzah, the Mishnah described as Shtayim Shem Arba. Two, which is really four. And the Mishnah goes on to describe all the different cases of carrying from Rishos HaYochit to Rishos Rabim and Rishos Rabim to Rishos HaYochit. There is one other area which Min HaTayr Rishos Rabim is forbidden. And as we all know, that's carrying Dalet Amas within Rishos Rabim. Now the reason why carrying Dalet Amas in Rishos Rabim is a Melechah Deraisa, it will explain to you the simplest way the Rishonim explain it and it makes it the most, the, the most powerful and the most understandable is man owns four Amas around him. That means, a man who stands still has, as his possession, four Amas around him. That, that, those, that four Amas now becomes his domain. The minute he picks up something and carries it, four Amas, he's moved this article out of his domain into the public domain. Within the Dalad Amas, within his own private domain, that's fine. 
Once he moves it, Zavadamas, it's again, he's passing from a private domain to a public domain, though it's not a Rishusayochit in the sense that it's got the criteria of Rishusayochit, as we'll see in a few moments, but it's considered Minataya, carrying, transferring from one domain to a public domain. And therefore, to move an article, Zavadamas, in Rishusayochit is a Malachat So, to take a football and kick it, in Rishusayochit, intentionally, Daladamas, you're standing in one place and you kick it. Daladamas, you have now transgressed the Malach of Hitzah If you kick the stone, could be intentionally you have transgressed the Malach of Hitzah Again, the, the detail of all that we'll discuss in, in the coming Shurim. Are we clear? That's Arishos Arabim. It's straightforward. It's simple. It's simple in it. When it's on a piece of paper, when it's in practice, it's extremely difficult to actually Define which streets are called Rishus Rabbim and which streets are not called Rishus Rabbim. Sorry? A body of water cannot be Rishus Rabbim because I don't know of many, uh, many bodies of water that are frequented by the public. The very fact that it's water means that the public are not going to access it. The body of water has its own din, as we will explain in later. Let's move on to Rishus Ayakit. Rishus Ayakit is what we call a private domain. Now again, a private domain does not mean it's privately owned, it can be a public Place. It can be a public place, but it's still considered Rishus HaYochid. The basic criteria of Rishus HaYochid is an area which is surrounded by four mechitzas, by four walls. A mechitza doesn't have to be a wall, we'll describe in a moment what a mechitza is, but it's an area which is cut off from the public by virtue of the fact that it has a barrier around it. The barrier is only considered a barrier if it's ten fathom high, and we're going to use very simple terms. When we, when, we, when we describe the, the Shurim Tenswachim in simple terms, it's about, uh, around about a meter, there are other shittas we say much less, but that's the Chazanish. Again, we're not passing the Halakha Lamaise, so just to make it easier for us, we're going to talk about uh, Tenswachim being a meter. So you're talking about a wall around your, any area, a wall around a public area, a wall around your own, own private garden, a wall, a wall anywhere, which is around an area of Fort Fachim by Fort Fachim. Fort Fachim Square is considered Rishasayachim. It has to be four fucking square. Four fucking square in, in, oh, in, I wrote it down somewhere. Not, it's not very, not very large area. I can't read my own writing. <coughs> a very small area. Four Tzvachim by Four Tzvachim, if you take a Tefak to be uh, six, if you take a Tefak to be ten centimeters, um, then Four Tzvachim is forty centimeters by forty centimeters. But again, that's a very rough, that's a Chaznish, that's a very rough, uh, it's not quite exact at all. But it's a very small area. So if you have a small area of Dalat Tzvachim by Dalat Tzvachim, with a, surrounded by Mechitza of ten Tzvachim high, that area is now considered a private domain. Right? A private domain. If you would pick something up in that area, and take it over to outside of that area, which is a public domain, you have transgressed the Malach of the Raisa of Hitzah. A Mechitza doesn't have to be a barrier. A Mechitza can be if you would have a pillar in the Rishasarabi. A pillar which is squared four Tzvachim by four Tzvachim, and it's the height of ten Tzvachim, and then to pick something off that pillar and put it into the public domain on the floor outside of that pillar, again would be carrying from Rishasarabi to Rishasarabi, because we consider the the sides of this pillar, which are ten tzvachim high, and around an area of four tzvachim above it, to be considered 
the mechitzas, the barrier, because anybody, the public, when they're walking the street, are going to avoid that area because it's ten tefachim high. So we consider it a separate area because it's ten tefachim high. It's got the area of rishus yachid dalat tefachim by dalat tefachim. So that pillar, top of that pillar, would be considered rishus yachid. So to pick something off that pillar and put it onto the street would be considered a malacha itself from private domain to public domain. A ditch in a public domain. You'd walk in the street and somebody's dug himself a big, a big little hole, a big, well not big, a little hole, four tzvachim by four tzvachim, ten tzvachim deep. So that side of the ditch is now a barrier between the Rishusarabim and the little area below it, the four by four. That's considered, we consider that that it's broken away from the Rishusarabim and it's now cornered off with a barrier, buried off, making it very difficult for the public to actually pass through that area so we consider that area So we have just in simple terms three different types of areas which are really all on the, on the base, based on the same premise. An area which is surrounded by a barrier, be it a proper mechitza barrier, be it a pillar, be it a hole in the ground, but it's cut away from the shusarabim. Through a barrier, the area of Dalad Dalad then becomes a Rishusayachid. The halachas of Rishusayachid stretch even further than that. In the sense that, now this is very, very applicable halachal and something which most people don't know. But it doesn't have to be just those areas of An area which is subservient to that area is also considered Rishusayachid. So for instance, you would have a house. A house, the internal side of a house must be Rishusayachid. Because it's surrounded by four mechitzas. Four mechitzas, by the way, is, I'm just saying the number four because that makes life easier. Truth is, Minatari only needs to be three mechitzas. But we're going to talk about four because Medrabonon you need four. We'll come back to that later. So a house will be considered a Rishusayachid because it's surrounded by four mechitzas. What about the window ledge of a house? The window ledge of a house, I have my house, here's my house, four mechitzas, and I have a window ledge sticking out over there. Now it's not surrounded by the mechitzas, it's outside of those mechitzas. Or what about a hole in the wall? In the inside of the house. A hole in the wall is not inside the mechitzas, it's within the mechitza itself, it's within the barrier itself. Or, let's stretch even further, I have a garden with a wall around it. What about the wall on top, the top of the wall? It's ten fucking high, not four by four, it's a very, very narrow wall. But that wall is now the barrier between my home and the street on the outside. And I've, I've got uh, something on the top of that wall. What status does the top of that wall have? Here Chazal tell us something very interesting. That an area which is used as, as part of the Rishus HaYochit is considered a Rishus HaYochit. So we will consider a windowsill sticking out of the Rishus HaYachid to belong to the Rishus HaYachid. And if you would then take a piece of stone and drop it down from that windowsill to the street below, you have transgressed the Malach of Yitzhak. Or, if you're walking along the street and your, your little boy is driving you mad and you pick him up and you put him on the wall of somebody's private home, which is 10 fucking high, so it's a proper wall, it's cut off. Turn the Rishus HaYachid into an area inside the Rishus HaYachid. The top of that wall now has a halach of Rishus HaYachid. You have now carried from Rishus HaRabim into Rishus HaYachid. Right? Scary. But that's, that's okay. They're, they're doing it themselves. That's fine. Can you, can you lift them up? Well, if the wall's ten fucking high, uh, I think we'll get the, the health and safety onto you if you let your... Uh, Ten fucking is quiet. Ten fucking is almost the height of this. Uh, quite high. A small wall. It's fine. We'll come back to a small wall later. A small wall would be okay. Um, a hole in the wall 
coming from the inside of the Rishus, of the, of the private domain. So here's my private domain, and I have a hole over here. It's a hole which I might use to store things in. Again, that we would consider that part of the private domain, even though it's not surrounded by an area of four walls, or it doesn't have Dala 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 Tzvachim, it doesn't have four Tzvachim by four Tzvachim. We consider it uh, Rishus HaYochit because it's being, being used, it's servicing the private domain. So all those areas will be considered Rishus HaYochit. There are other methods of making mechitzas for Rishus HaYochid. Again, I don't want to go down that road, but what we would call virtual mechitzas, they're not real mechitzas. And that's very much, again, intertwined with the halachas of Erevin. But for instance, you can make a mechitza just by having two poles running straight up and a piece of string going across on top. That's what we call a surah sapesa. It has the shape of a doorway. The shape of a doorway has, in certain cases and in certain circumstances, the halachas of the mechitza. Again, I don't want to go around all the halachas of mechitzas. They're complicated. There's other methods of, of, of creating mechitzas for Shabbos, what we call virtual mechitzas. It's not really a barrier. This. The public can easily walk through it. But we give it halach of mechitzas. There's many other halachas. The idea of this year is not to complicate matters. Try and keep things as simple as possible. But the idea of Rishus HaYochid is very simple. An area which is cut off from the public through a barrier is considered Rishus HaYochid. Anything that services those areas is also considered Rishus HaYochid. The halacha of Rishus HaYochid is as follows. To carry again from Rishus HaYochid to Rishus HaRabim, Min HaTayr is also. Those two Rishus, those two domains, Rishus HaRabim and Rishus HaYochid, are the only two domains that Min HaTayr have halachic implications. Meaning that Min HaTayr, if I would carry from Rishus HaRabim to Rishus HaYochid, or from Rishus HaYochid to Rishus HaRabim, I have transgressed Min HaTayr, the halacha of Hutzor. If I move Zalad Amos in Rishus HaRabim, I've also transgressed the halacha of Hutzor. Midra Bonon, Minatayer, let's go the other way. Minatayer, if I would carry from my, my Rishus to my next door neighbor's Rishus, I have a back garden surrounded by a wall, completely my own Rishus. My next door neighbor's got his garden surrounded by four walls, his own private domain, this is my private domain. Minatayer, I can carry from my next door neighbor to my, to, to, from my Rishus to my next door Because Minatayer, the only issue of his saw is from a public domain to a private domain. Two private domains, there's nothing wrong. However, Chazal came along and said that Midrabonon were forbidden you to carry from one domain to another domain, even if they're two private domains, because you are, at the end of the day, transferring from one Rishus to another. And Chazal were worried that if we allow you to transfer from one Rishus to another, you'd end up transferring from Rishus Rabin to Rishus So Chazal forbade one from carrying from one Rishus to another Rishus, Midrabonon. And that's why Erev Chateris, if the halachas of Erev are kept, can work, because the Issa, the, 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 the prohibition of carrying from one Rishus to another is only Midrabonon. Therefore, Midrabonon is ways rounded. But if we're dealing with a Rishus Deraisa, carrying from a Rishus Arabim to Rishus Ayochid, there's no ways round. That is forbidden completely. <coughs> Those are the first two Rishus, the first two domains that one has to understand, that's very clear. And they're very, 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 very practical and, and quite very obvious. One walks around the street and looks and you see that's the public domain, that's the private domain. It, it, once one's tuned in, it becomes quite simple to work out which ones are which. Or at least which ones are which. So Yachid is simple. <coughs> the third Rishus, which we call a Rishus Midrabonon. The third Rishus, which is a Carmelist, Minatayah has no status. The status of a Carmelist Minatayah is one of no halachas. So in I'm allowed to carry from a Kamlis to any other Rishus, or from uh, any other Rishus to a Kamlis. Within the Kamlis, I can do what I like. What is a Kamlis? We'll describe to you. 
and the halachas of a Carmelist are all only Midrabon. Now, a Carmelist is an area which doesn't match the criteria of a public domain. So that means it's an area where the public do not access, but yet it's not partitioned off from the public area to the extent to, be, to become a Shusayachit. It's no man's land. It's somewhere in between a Rishasarabim and a Rishasayachit. And the halachas of a Carmelist are a mixture of Rishasarabim and Rishasayachit. Because that is the very definition. It is neither here nor there. A Carmelist is an area which must be Dalad al Dalad. It must be an area. It's got to have the size of the minimum size of an area, which is Dalad Tvachim, Fort Tvachim by Fort Tvachim. And it's got to be cut off, separated from the public. So, if you would have an area of 4 by 4 which has barrier around it, but the barrier isn't 10 to high, less than 10 to then we have an area which is cut off slightly from the Shusharabu. The public will not enter into that area, and yet you can't consider a Shusharabu because it's not completely cut off from the Shusharabu. It doesn't have the barriers of the right height. That area would be considered a Karmans. So, an example, if you would have a pillar in the, in the, in the street, a pillar which is Less than 10 fucking high, small pillar, but it's an area of dalad al dalad, it's got an area of 4 by 4 it's less than 10 fucking high, that area, that pillar, will be considered a Karmelist, because you can't consider it a Shusharabi, because it's divided, it's cut away from the Shusharabi, by the virtue of the fact that it has sides, it has mechitzas, it has a barrier. You can't consider it a it's not 10 fucking high. So what is it? It's not here, neither here nor there. It's, you consider it a Karmelist. <laughs> Any open area which is on the side of Rosh Hashanah, where Rosh Hashanah, where the public will not access corner areas, pokey little corners in Rosh Hashanah, etc., things like that, will not be considered a Rosh Hashanah, it will be considered a camera. If you had an area which was surrounded by machines, as we said, surrounded by um, uh, barriers, but not with the right height, a whole area Any area which is surrounded by three so let's talk about front garden. Now my front garden is open, has three sides to it. It has a fence between my next door neighbour on the one side, a fence on the other side, and it has a house at the back of it. But the front is totally open to the street. Now, Minatayr, that's considered a Rishasayot. Hazal will worry, since it's open to the street and it opens right up onto a public domain, it gives the appearance of being like a public domain. It's easily accessible. Anybody from the public can actually walk in. Nobody will walk in because it's cut off, really, by the three mechitzes. If you're walking along the street and there's an area which is surrounded by three mechitzes, you're going to walk around that area and go straight. Nobody's going to actually access it. But because it's wide open to the, to the public domain, Chazal gave that area at the end of the Kamalist. So we have so far three areas that Chazal considered the Kamalist. A pillar, which is less than dollars on dollars, but less than ten. Or, uh, an area which is surrounded by barriers, but the barriers are less than ten. If you have an area which is surrounded by three full mechitzas that open up to the public, and there's another area which is considered a, a, a Karmelist, and which is a, a little bit interesting in the sense that really it even looks like a Shusayachid, but there's one area which, which differentiates it from a normal Shusayachid, and Chazal therefore gave it a din of a Karmelist. And that's a, an enclosed area, a large enclosed area, which is not used for living. So a large field, or a large orchard, or a large area where they're growing flowers, growing... Uh, Wheat, etc., is an area which is surrounded by mechitzas. They don't want the, the animals to come in. It's being boarded off by proper mechitzas, the right height, but it's not 
enclosed for living, it's enclosed just as a protection for what's inside it, that area is considered cameras. Where this is applicable to us, and you might, you might think it isn't, is a public park. You might go into that area, needs, needs investigating. Or if you're on holiday in the countryside, and the owner says to you, we have a back garden, yeah, and that field behind is also ours, if you want, you can access that field and play there. To access that field, it's surrounded by, by walls. But to actually use that field of shovels and carry would be problematic, because that field might be considered a cameras. So there are areas, though it sounds obscure, which really do come into everyday life. Those four types of areas are all considered a cameras. They are a cameras, and the status of a cameras is one of a private domain mixed together with a public domain. So the halacha is as follows. Midrabonon, to carry from the cameras into a shusarabim, into a public domain, or from a shusarabim into cameras, it's forbidden. If you have a front garden where the if you have a front garden where the front, there's no front wall, which is totally open to the Rishusarabim, you are not allowed to carry from the Rishusarabim into your front garden. Even though your front garden might not be considered a total private domain, but it is a private domain, because it has three pieces. You can't carry. From your front garden into your house, if your front garden is totally open to the street, it's again forbidden, because you're not carrying from a caramelit, which we consider as well as a, as being a Rishusarabim, we consider it a Rishusarabim as well. So I'm not carrying from a public domain, Midra Bono, into my private domain. I can't do that. Difficulty here arises if you have a garden like that. How do you put your key into the key lock? We'll describe that, Brother Shem, in detail when we get there. But these are the areas which are really, really practical and applicable every Shabbos. To carry within the Karmelis itself, since it has the appearance of Rosh Hashanah, somewhat, we therefore give it a din of Rosh Hashanah, we don't allow it to carry Daladamas in the Karmelis itself. So the Karmelis really is the... the uh, you know, has really lost out uh, in, in, a, in a large way here. We consider it a, a Rishusha Yochid, we consider it a Rishusha Rabbim, and it's really lost from all sides. It's, it's, it's a total loser. Complete and utter loser. But that complicates matters for us, and most of the area that we, we have to deal with in Hilton Shabbos, almost a lot of the area, is Hilton Shabbos. Because that's an enormous part of the domains that we have to deal with are considered Kamalists. Because even if you would have, even if you would say that our streets are not considered Rishusha Rabbim, because we don't have the 600,000 people, etc., or they're not wide enough, but they're not private domain. They are accessed by the public, they don't have three machines around them, they are opened up fully onto a public domain, therefore we have to consider them all Kamalists. So, wherever you go, you're going to have problems with carrying on Shabbos. In a Kamalist, in a private domain, an area works. So, if we can somehow or other get our roads to be considered a Kamalist, we can then build an area. An area is built by having these Surasapesa, these poles with strings, Closing off the open areas, we then consider that as another barrier, and we now have an area enclosed by four mechitzas. And I've turned it from a camelit into a private domain. Or you have sometimes a front garden which is opened up to the, to the street. You will see two poles and a string going across. What they've done there is, is built a fourth barrier. It's a virtual barrier. It's not a real barrier, but that's, that's enough of a barrier for the Shabbos. And now that area is enclosed with four mechitzas. It's a complete private domain. So we, we, we begin to understand how, how controversial an area can be. How do you define a Rosh Hashanah versus a Kamalist is very, very difficult. There is another area which, though it's not called a Kamalist, that has the same halachas as a Kamalist. We'll leave that, we'll stop there after that. I think we've uh, uh, said too much today. The other area is, if you would have a house with a, a common, or a few houses with a common garden, a few houses with a common garden, or a few houses which open up to a common street, accessed by all, used by all the people, enter into the homes, they have to go through this driveway to get into their home. So, uh, or...
for instance, a stairway in, inside a block of flats, etc. Any area which is really a private domain, but used by many different people, as I've said, since it's used by many different people, we have to give it the halacha of a public domain as well. And therefore, all those areas will have a bit of a common meaning. You can't carry from that into the private domain or into the public domain. You can't carry within it or the other. And that's why you need an air chaseris to turn it. The idea of an air chaseris is when we make an air chaseris, if you live in a block of flats and we make an air chaseris with all the other <laughs> flat owners, what we're doing is we're telling everybody that really we all live in one flat. And we all, there's just one owner here, there's just one big family, and it's not a public domain at all. And that turns it now from a private, from a public domain into a private, only a private domain, and that's where you can then end up carrying from your stairwell into your flat. So that's the basic, the three Rishuyos, which are really Negei Halacha Lamaita, which are really practical. Rishus Rabbim, which is Rishus Min HaTayra. Rishus HaYochid, which is Rishus Min HaTayra. Rishus Rabbim, it's forbidden to carry within the Rishus Rabbim. It's forbidden to carry from the Rishus Rabbim into Rishus HaYochid Min HaTayra. Rishus HaYochid, I can carry within it. I'm fine, that's fine. We're allowed to carry in our own homes, but I can't carry from there out into the Rishus Rabbim. And the third Rishus, the domain of a Kamalist, which is a combination of Rishus Rabbim and Rishus HaYochid, a new Srinit, it's not just, it's really a compound. You've turned Oshish Rabbim and Oshish Yachim, which mixes together, becomes a new compound called the Kamalit, which has both the halachas of Oshish Rabbim and Oshish Yachim, meaning I can't carry from it into any other domain, and I can't carry within it itself, because we consider it Oshish Rabbim. Those are the three issues that we will discuss today. But as Hashem, in the next year, we will move on to the Rishus to the Machim Bator, and we'll come and discuss what, uh, what, the, what, the, what the action of a carrying entails, the detail of an action of a carrying. A sea is a, is a Karmelist. A sea is a Karmelist, because a sea is an area which is enclosed, but it's not really enclosed, it's accessible by everybody, and yet the public don't, don't access it. So that's an area which is not enclosed, you can't call it a Shoshiyakus, but it's not accessed by the public, so therefore a sea, a river, a lake, all these areas are considered Karmelist. I did write a whole list of them here. Anywhere in the countryside, where the, where, where the public doesn't, uh, there's hardly any people living there, or an ocean, a river, a lake, ponds, um, all those, all that type, all those type of areas, one has to use one's imagination, but all, any area like that which the public doesn't actually access, but could access, is considered a <laughs> Just to finish off. That's your front garden, if it doesn't have a, a, a front wall on it. No, because that's where all enclosed living people. There is another difference between a Rishus Ram and Rishus Yachid, which I didn't spell out, and just, just to finish off. A Rishus Yachid, once you, the area is enclosed, we consider the whole area right the way up, as high as you can go, to consider Rishus Yachid. So we always take mechitas. Once you have a barrier, you consider that barrier to be virtual all the way up to as high as, high as it can go. So you can take a ball and throw it up to the sky, and down, and up and down. You've done nothing. You've not changed it. Position. The Halach is only goes to 10 Tokum height. We will discuss the difference. So, for instance, if you pick something up from the ground and throw it against the wall, and it will stick to the wall, about 10 Tokum, not on the wall, it's only on the side of the wall, so it's really hanging in midair, but it's hanging in midair in the Shusharabim, about 10 Tokum, that's not considered a Shusharabim. That's considered a Mokum So We will discuss that uh, at great length as a show next week. Two weeks' time. Let's, we have uh, just a few minutes just to uh, say a very short about prayer. 
What is so significant about Hutsa? Um, very briefly, without going into all the details, why does the Torah consider Hutsa to be the primary malacha that it feels necessary to allude to, only to allude to Malachas Hutsa? The homosexual Shabbos starts with, with, with Malachas Hutsa and so much time is spent on Hutsa. The whole malacha of Hutsa seems to be the only malacha that Yirmi Hanavi says is the key to keeping the Beit HaMikdash standing and Chas Shalom the opposite if one transgresses it. What's so important about Malachas Hutsa? To find it together, just very briefly with this, this week's Sedra, we find that after the disagreement between the Roye Light, between the shepherds of Light and the shepherds of Avram, and uh, they both decided to go their own way, the Apostle tells us that Light saw the plains, the wonderful plains, in the, towards the area of Sedaim, and he was Halech Mikedem, he went towards the east. Because Rashi quotes a Chazal, the Halech Mikedem, he went towards the east, doesn't mean he just traveled eastward. It means that he moved away from the Kadmoyne Shalom, for the creator of the world, the Yubrani Shalom. He decided now, I'm moving away. I've had enough. I've been with Avram all this time. I don't want to have any connection with you anymore. I don't want to have anything to do with your Yubrani Shalom. I'm giving up everything that you've taught me. Living, he lived in Avram's house. He understood what it meant to be a true Jew. But he gave it all up. How did Chazal understand? Where did Chazal see the Halach Mi Kadmoyne Shalom that the Apostle just tells us he traveled eastward, which was true. That's the area that he moved to. Where do we see in the Apostle uh, any indication that he really meant to leave Avram? Maybe he wanted to be an Elohid, and he was going to go out to Kirov, and he was going to go down to Sodom, and he was going to be... Maybe he had good intentions. How do we know that his intention is truly false? So the Mephoshim tell us, and really the, the Alta Mikelm, the Saba Mikelm, explains it in very simple terms. He says, what drove him to go towards Sodom? What made him want to go towards Sodom? And the Pasuk tells us, because he saw the last flames there, and he realized that the Gashmish there was unbelievable. So somebody who lived in Avram's house was prepared to travel away towards Gashmish because he wanted the Gashmish rather than, than the spirituality. That itself is the greatest, the greatest form of cutting oneself off from true spirituality. He lived in the house of Avram, which is a house of total spirituality. A house where Avram was totally connected to HaKadosh Baruch He was the Merkava for the Shechina. And for a little bit of Gashmet, he turned around and said, I'm leaving you, I'm prepared to leave you, I want to, I'm prepared to travel. That means I'm moving away from your influence, I'm prepared to move out of your Dalit Amas into a new area because I like the, the, the physical that I see there. That's somebody, the only person who can do that is somebody who's turned around to himself and said, you know, I've had enough of you, Abraham, I don't have any connections with Abraham. To remain a true Jew means to remain within the confines of, of, of HaKadosh Baruch to remain within the mechitzas of HaKadosh Baruch to remain within the area, the domain of the Rebbein Shlelem. Moving away from Avram, because he found Stoim, such a such an enticing area to run to, means that he turned around and said, I'm prepared to leave the domain of HaKadosh Baruch and I want to go and live in the physical world. So therefore Chazal said, when he went Kedem, he went eastward, doesn't mean he went eastward, he meant Halach Mitadmoyne Shlelem, he moved away from the Rebbein Shlelem. And that is what the basic basis of sorry, and that is what Shabbos is Shabbos means Shabbos is the day of HaKadosh Baruch Shabbos is Me'en Oilam Habo Shabbos is the day when we feel somebody who really appreciates Shabbos and really aspires to understand Shabbos and live the Shabbos is not just living in Shabbos he's living with Shabbos he's living with the Rebbein Shalom himself the Shabbos is the domain of the Rebbein Shalom carrying out from one domain to the other represents moving away from the domain of HaKadosh Baruch into the domain of the physical world and that is why the Malach of Shabbos has such Terrible repercussions. Pastor Shalom, as Yirmiya said, that the base of Mikdash, which is the place where the Shechina will rest, will have to be destroyed. Because if you're prepared to move away from the domain of Shabbat into another domain, into the Rishus Rabbim, into the domain of the public, which is only, a Rishus Rabbim can only be where there's a physical world, because where HaKadosh is, everything is one, there's a oneness, it's a private domain. If you're prepared to move from a private domain into a 
uh, into the public domain, that means you're prepared to move away from Kadmoyne Shalaylam, then the Beit has no muffin in this world. And that's why carrying a Shabbos is considered the epitome of Melech Shabbos. That is the example given by the Torah, by Chazal, and by Yemei Anobi, to be the Melech which describes Shabbos. Melech